In the old days, they would say in Greek, Christos Yenate, like we would say Christos Anesti, and the response would be Alithos Anesti. In the old days, they would say Christos Yenate, and the response would be Doxasate. Christ is born, glorify him. Christ is born, glorify him. Christ is born, glorify him. There we go. You're quick learners. I have great news to share with you. This evening, as we don't liturgically relive something, we don't act it out again just for the sake of acting, but anything we do in liturgical worship means we are re-entering the reality of whatever service, whatever feast day, whatever celebration we're doing, we are entering into that space and time. Which means, friends, that just like we heard in some of the hymns this evening, the word simeron, today, today is not a metaphor or a beautiful term we're gonna use of endearment just to say, oh, like today, it was Christmas, but rather, we are re-entering the reality of the today when Christ was born. And Christmas would mean absolutely nothing if it wasn't for the end of the story. In other words, if there wasn't a Christos Anesti, if there wasn't a Christ is resurrected from the dead, there would be a meaningless Christmas. You know why? Because that would mean that he was not the savior of humanity. That the Lord lied to us when he said, I am the light, I am the resurrection. Those who believe in me, though they die, shall live. And so only in the context, friends, of the resurrected Lord does his birth have profound meaning. Does this feast day of this evening have profound meaning? Because he is litron andipolon. He is the ransom for all of us. What's the good news that the angels sing to the shepherds? What's the big deal about this baby that's being born? The big deal is that he will be the one who rebalances the equation of salvation. We had got the equation all wrong, friends. Generation after Adam and Eve. The first two mess it up. Their kids in the first generation, we have a murder. Cain kills Abel. Messed it up. And there goes human history. A whole string of mess ups. And so the equation of salvation got way out of balance. And God says, now is the fullness of time. Christ is not born on Christmas. I don't know if you know that. How many of you knew that? Christ was not born on Christmas. Christ always existed. He is incarnated, that's a technical term, on Christmas. He becomes man on Christmas. But Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, always existed. This is why we read 
There are only 40 verses in the entire New Testament that talk about Christ's birth. Gospel of Matthew talks about the Magi. Gospel of Luke, which we just heard, 20 verses. And one verse in the Gospel of John and zero verses in the Gospel of Mark. What does John say? And the Word became flesh. That's his Christmas story. Now, this word that we're talking about, becoming flesh, is Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, we're going to hear, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. Just replace the word, word, with Christ. In the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ is God. And Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the great news of Christmas, friends, that the equation is reversed, that all of us who are yet failing and sinners and never measuring up exactly to where God wants us to be, who are wandering around in darkness in this life, are seeking to find, like the Magi, to follow that light. And when we follow that light in our life, we are led to one place. We're led to Christ. In the letter I shared with you at the beginning of this journey, I said, how many of us are in need of light? Light gives us power. Nothing on earth can grow without life, light. And light gives us direction. None of us can walk in the dark. What happens in life is that the life things dominate us and we get into dark areas. We lose our sense of direction. We lose the ability to grow. And we get cold in the dark. And this is the beauty of Christmas. In the wilderness, in the cold countryside, the announcement of Christ's birth comes to the lowest level of society, the shepherds. Bethlehem is 10 feet away. Hustle and bustle. People running here and there. Totally miss the coming of the Savior. Because that's how God wants it. And God wanted it. And guess what? Nothing, as the Old Testament says, changes under the sun. This evening, you all chose to come to the light and to meet the Lord who has just been born. Others out there hustling and bustling whew, right over their heads. But you all chose, and I couldn't be more proud of the parents who brought their children this evening. Because if we're going to teach our kids to follow the light, well, guess what? If we don't follow the light, they're not going to follow the light. That's how it is. We bring our kids to church. We bring them to Christ. They meet the Lord who is born. They meet their Savior. We meet our Savior. Because without the Lord, friends, there is no salvation. What's the greatest gift on Christmas? If not, the potential for all of us to live forever with God. He didn't give us new shoes a new car, a new pocketbook. 
gifts that are here today, friends, and meaningless tomorrow. He gave us the ultimate perfect gift. You follow me, and I will bring you to my kingdom. That's great joy to have in our hearts. That's what it means to have a Christmas with Christ. May God bless us. May God bless all of you abundantly, overflowingly, you, your children, your parents, your siblings, and everyone in your family and all of your friends. May he bless us all in this community to continue to try to the best of our ability to follow the light. May God bless us and merry and happy Christmas.